This episode of the Pioneer Podcast comes from an audio file of a Pioneer biography submitted at pioneerstories.org, a webpage of the Sons of Utah Pioneers. We invite you to share your family Pioneer Stories too, by going to pioneerstories.org and clicking the red Submit button. Your story will also become a part of this podcast, where it can be shared with other family members as well. Now, here is our Pioneer Story. This episode is about Albert F. Clements. At the time of the martyrdom of Joseph Smith the prophet and his brother Hiram the patriarch, Albert F. Clements, like many of the brethren, was away from Nauvoo engaged in labors for the strengthening of the church and the support of their families. When news reached him of the terrible tragedy at Carthage, he canceled all engagements, dropped the work he was occupied with and started for Nauvoo there to face whatever hardships might be in store for him in connection with his beloved people and family. One of his horses got sick, and he had to stay over for a period to allow the horse to get well. During that time he met Sidney Rigdon heading for Nauvoo. Sidney told him that he was on his way to take over the leadership of the church. Albert was relieved, for he loved Sidney with all of his heart. Sidney went on ahead, with Albert following days later. He had added trouble with a broken wheel, and by the time he got that fixed, he arrived in Nauvoo a week after the meeting was held where Sidney Rigdon and Brigham Young had spoken to the saints, and Brigham had been chosen as the leader of the church. Ada Winchell Upon meeting with his wife Ada, Ada, Albert asked if Sidney had been installed as the new leader of the church. Ada was surprised that he hadn't heard, and frankly told Albert that Sidney had spoken, but did not have the spirit with him, and then told Albert what had happened to Brigham Young. When Brigham arose and commenced speaking his face and form immediately assumed the exact appearance of the prophet Joseph Smith. He spoke as distinctly in the voice of the prophet, as closely as you ever heard Joseph speak himself. He told the saints that the keys and power of the leadership of the church had been sealed upon the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles with Brigham Young as their president. This had been done by the prophet himself by commandment from the Lord, and much more he said, although he took but a short time to say it. The saints were all converted to the fact that Brigham Young was the right man, with the Twelve, to lead the church now, and all the congregation voted for that, there was not one hand raised in opposition. Albert could not believe what he had just heard, and in the days and weeks that followed, he and Ada seemed to become strangers. Everything came to a head as the church began leaving for the West. Albert stayed in Nauvoo and followed Sidney Rigdon, while Ada and the children went West with the church. Albert was generous in providing as best he could for the comforts of the family as they went West, but he stayed behind. Albert and Ada had several children one of whom was just an infant when these things took place. His name was Albert Nephi. He was to take an important part in the events that would follow. His family stayed in winter quarters for several years before heading to Salt Lake. When he was ten years old he drove his mother's ox team across the plains. Ada remained faithful to Albert until several years after arriving in Salt Lake she got word that Albert had made out a bill of divorcement. It had been delivered by a missionary returning to Salt Lake from the east. She hesitantly signed it and sent it back to Albert. Eventually Albert and Ada were each married to someone else. 
Albert Nephi Clements. Albert Nephi, their youngest son, grew up to become a fine young man, who at 21 years of age drove an ox team back east. At that time he took efforts to look his father up. His father was happy to see him. He had become wealthy, and had a comfortable home, and wanted his son to remain there with him. He and his second wife had had no children, and he wanted Nephi to stay with him. Nephi however told his father that he knew that Brigham Young was the Lord's prophet, and returned home to his family. He soon got married and moved with his mother to Idaho where he convinced his mother that she would be better off if she would remarry, which she finally did civilly, even though the endowment house was available for ceilings. She was not married long before the man died, she married civilly again, and that man also died. Albert Nephi went again back east to bring emigrants back to the Salt Lake Valley. He again visited his father. After going to a church service with his father, and then telling him the sermon was as sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, Albert Nephi then gave his father a prophecy. He said, The day will come when you shall see the light, and when that time does come father, and with your religion goes everything else and you haven't anything, remember you can have a home with me. Just send me word. Here is a purse, I wish to give you as a token, and I pray it may ever be full. Nephi did not hear from his father for several years, but during this time, his father's wife died. One day Nephi received a letter from his father telling him his prophecy had been fulfilled, that he was left desolate and had not sufficient means to come to him, but that he had seen his mistake and wished to come to his people. Albert Nephi sent a letter right back telling his father that he would send him the $200 necessary to bring him to Salt Lake. Nephi did not have the money, and wondered how he would get it. He prayed mightily that his heavenly father would provide a way. Two days later a stranger came to him wanting to know if anyone could sell him a team of oxen. Nephi was overjoyed, because he had a set for sale, and received $100 for them. Then he borrowed the second $100 and forwarded the $200 to his father. Albert finally came west to be reunited with his family, but first there was to be a surprise for Ada, for she did not know any of her son's dealings with his father. Notwithstanding the long separation and the changes brought to both, there was nothing between them that could not be readily forgiven. A complete and sincere reconciliation immediately followed. Albert was humbly penitent for the mistaken course he had pursued. His wife and their children, as well as church authorities, all rejoiced to forgive and receive him back into the true fold of Christ. Albert Clements and Ada Winchell courted all over again and after a while, when they were ready, their faithful youngest son, Albert Nephi, fixed up his wagon and drove them to the endowment house in Salt Lake City. They there received blessings and promises reserved for the pure in heart who are obedient to the laws of God. Albert Nephi had the unique privilege of witnessing the marriage of his own father and mother, their true marriage, uniting them for time and all eternity. Before leaving the sacred building, Ada referred to their former marriage so long ago and so far away in F.T. and how happy they had been then in each other's love. And she said, but this day is far more blessed and our happiness more sure and complete. Is it not so, dear Albert? Her husband responded tenderly and reverently.
Indeed it is true, and my dearest Ada, this glorious triumph over which we gratefully rejoice today, I humbly and fervently acknowledge, is very largely due to your undeviating faith and prayers and faithfulness. From Family Search Albert Clements resided in New York from 1822 to 1834. He joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in 1832 and moved to Ohio to be with the Saints. Albert became a member of Zion's camp on May 10, 1834 at Mansfield, Richland, Ohio. He moved to Missouri and endured the religious persecutions in Clay and Caldwell counties before fleeing to Illinois. He resided at Nauvoo, Hancock County, in 1842 and was a member of the Nauvoo Fourth Ward. He supported his family as a farmer. Albert was a friend and follower of Sidney Rigdon and was baptized a member of the Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on February 28, 1861 by G. R. Outhouse. He was confirmed by John McIntosh and Cornelius McIntosh. He attended scattered branches in Iowa. His was divorced from his wife who traveled west with the saints, but later came to Salt Lake and was reunited and sealed to her in the endowment house. Thanks for listening. If you would like access to more content and information about our pioneer history, join us at s.u.p.online.org, the online community of the Sons of Utah Pioneers. That's s u.p.online.org. Goodbye until next time, from your friends at the Sons of Utah Pioneers.